welcome to another collaboration conversation where we talk about anything and everything that has to do with building cohesive, vision-driven teams because this is where you unleash your impact. I am Casey Watts, Impact Coach and Consultant, and of course, the host of this show. Now, today's show is going to get started in just a few moments, but I want to take a quick pause real quick for you to introduce yourself in the comments. Let us know who you are, where you're from, and what it is that brought you to the show. And then I also want to get really real with you and ask you a question. Okay, so here goes. Have you ever made assumptions? I'm guessing the answer is yes, because everyone has made assumptions, right? Have your assumptions ever led to either negative consequences or stagnancy? I'm betting that your assumptions more than likely have led to those things because that is true for me. I have been guilty of making the assumption that when two or more people are gathered together, collaboration is naturally happening. Or I've made the assumption that when teams get along, they are generally productive and effective. And I've also made the assumption that because we're working together, clearly we all know the direction that we're moving. And that is just not true. Those assumptions have led to ineffective teams that are going nowhere fast. And I know that we want something different than that. We want teams who can survive, can thrive instead of survive. We want teams who are less dysfunctional and are more of the kind of team that they deserve to be a part of. These are the kinds of teams that can propel your organization and benefit not just the people who are on the team, but can benefit the organization as a whole, okay? And I wanna tell you about something that can help them to get to this point where we're letting go of those assumptions and we're utilizing people well so we can work efficiently, productively, and toward a vision. I wanna tell you about how you can build that cohesive vision-driven team. Let me read to you first a quote from Christine Kane. It's one of my favorite quotes. To build a strong team, you must see someone else's strength as a complement to your own weakness and not a threat to your position or authority. Okay, but I wanna dig a little bit deeper. Sometimes we have this surface level knowledge of what our strengths and weaknesses are. But how great would it be if you could dig down to a deeper level and truly understand everyone's geniuses, their God-given talent, the kind of work that brings them fulfillment, and because it brings them fulfillment, they are building capacity. And you know what? That built capacity helps your team to thrive. How wonderful would it be if your team members knew each of their types of geniuses, knew their working competencies, and knew their working frustrations? I am going to be providing all of that information in an upcoming Marco Polo Sharecast. We're going to be diving into the six types of working genius developed by Patrick Lencioni. And we're going to be thinking about how you can recognize 
provoke and cultivate those geniuses and support teams so that they are cohesive and all vision driven so that you can propel your organization forward faster and better. I want to share all of this with you. If you want to learn more, you can go to bit.ly slash better you better team. This will end February 28th. So registration closes February 28th. Be sure you get in before then. If you want to learn more, just put in the comments, learn more, and I will hit you up with more information. Okay. I'm excited to begin today's content. So if you are ready, drop a hashtag ready and let's get started. Well, hey, everybody. It looks like um, we're going live on the Super Bowl night, the night of the Super Bowl, which really and truly, I didn't even know it was the Super Bowl until a couple of days ago. And the reason why is because I just never have um, given too much thought to football and or the Super Bowl at all, which is okay. Uh, but I have to tell you, it's a little bit sad because I was a cheerleader for many years of my middle and high school life, my middle and high school um, academic career. I was a cheerleader and had no idea, had no idea what was going on most of the time. Tonight, we are, I'm going live for the sake of consistency. And I'm going live because I go live every Sunday evening. And I wanted to be sure that I went live tonight. And it just so happens that I don't really have a whole lot of content planned, but I figured, you know, I'm celebrating my 40th birthday this weekend. Why not just go live and celebrate the big 4-0 online? Why? the Super Bowl is going on while everybody else is out there watching the Super Bowl. I'm going to go live and just celebrate being 40 and getting to go live every Sunday. It's one of my favorite things. I have my special birthday hat that is a little bit, um, it's a little bit rinky dink. I'm just going to put it on for a second just so you can see it. But I wore it last night at my birthday party and it's kind of it's kind of a little worse for the wear. And I've got a little table accent here just to show like my big four up. Pretty excited about being 40. But, you know, somebody was asking me yesterday, do you feel 40? And I said, you know, this week I felt 40. Um, but just because it was such a, you know, when you get into February as an instructional leader, it tends to be one of the most challenging months. We find so many leaders, especially campus principals, who fall into what Allison Peterson calls the swirl. And it's so true. And I think that not only was I, I feeling a little bit in that swirl, I also felt the pressure of like weather changes and just not feeling well. And I know that so many other instructional leaders kind of go through that where you're you're struggling on a day-to-day -day basis um, with this time of the year. Plus, because of the season changes, you tend to get sick. But I, I was thinking the other day, like, what is it that causes the swirl? Like, what is it about this season that is so hard? What is it about February that's so hard? And I know for me, it's these compartments of my work that start to bubble up. 
So here's an example of that. And I know the same is true for campus administrators. Um, and hey, I've got Allison Peterson. I'm going to bring her on in just a second. Let me tell you, I'm going to pull you on a little bit, Allison. I'm just sharing about this world. I'm going to pull you on right now, actually. Okay. I'm oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> hey, look what I have. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. So um, I was just saying. I'm going live for no reason, you know, like just for the sake of going live and for the sake of consistency. I know, but I'm going to call you on that because it's your birthday and it's worth a reason to go live. That's what, that's what I said too, but I have a fun game that I'm going to play with you. Okay. Oh goodness. Okay. I'm ready. Um, but I was just talking about the swirl, like this season in February and how hard it is and talking about like all of these compartments of my work bubbling up. So, and I'm going to change the screen setting. So I've got like, Hey, <laughs> so <laughs> I've got ESL that's starting to bubble up with like family events and things that are coming up and just like things, all of that stuff. Yes. But then also coaching on two different campuses and the coaching cycles are starting to. Yeah. And then you've got curriculum and that's starting to bubble up. And now you're starting to think about next, next year, year. Yep. you know, so it's just like so much all at one time. And I feel like that's what causes principals, instructional leaders to go through this world. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm feeling that as well. And then like, just kind of layer on top of that, the personal things like, my son is really doing a big push for golf this spring. And so he's doing some, he's playing for the middle school team and he's done his own like private coach. And I'm like, okay, got to get him to that. Yeah. He was like, I want to play baseball. I'm like, okay, let's play for the middle school team. Like uh, two hour practices every night. Like, yeah. <laughs> Mama didn't sign up for the baseball team. Right. Yeah. Oh, but you did. I know, oh, but you did. So all of these things are like, uh, like piling on another yeah. layer on top of all the things you just mentioned. Yeah. 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 It's totally true. It's so true. Okay. Um, so tell me a little bit about Super Bowl Sunday. Are you watching the Super Bowl? Yes. I made my favorite spinach artichoke dip. Actually, it's not a lot of spinach. It's actually an artichoke dip and it's uh -huh. my favorite. And I had to any football game experience. That's like a big one. I'm like, Ooh, it's worth making a, a dip for. So I, I sometimes make a layer dip, but this time I made the spinach. Uh, I mean, the artichoke and the, um, the boys kind of ate it and Matt and I like it and I'll take it some to school tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the, the game though was not inter interesting. My sons, they were off playing and doing things. And my husband's like, it's the last game of the year. Nobody cares. So anyway, maybe nobody cares about the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We were watching it and I had to, I had to get it like online on the TV. And then just all of a sudden it was, it was just gone because I guess our internet glitched or something. And I said, Oh, did the Super Bowl go away. And he was like, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. What is it? Because I posted earlier, um, like you're either a Super Bowl watcher or you're not a Super Bowl watcher. Mm -hmm. And you obviously are a Super Bowl watcher. So what is it that draws you to the Super Bowl to be okay. the Super Bowl watcher? So I think there's a football watcher. Mm. And then like, so, and there's also like, you're a college fan maybe, or an NFL fan, but uh -huh. my family is both. So like Saturdays, we'll watch our college team and Sundays we watch NFL and we've followed um, the Falcons for a while, but we've also followed other teams. So what draws me in 
the most is not necessarily the commercials or the halftime show. I'm, I'm coming for the football. Personally, I've yes. always loved football. My brothers played. I grew up in a football house and then now my boys play. So anyway, I'm coming for the football. I'm hoping for a good game. And when I just walked up here, um, one of the teams was doing touchdown just in case anybody cares. I won't tell this, tell the spoiler alert, but anyway, so, you know, I'm just looking for a good game. Yeah. Okay. And I was watching a little bit ago and I was like, I, I have no idea what's happening. And they even, they even showed like where two people were going to the. Yeah. They'll like draw it for you. Yeah. And I was like, I still, still don't get it. Don't know. Don't know why they're doing that. Okay. Or why you I feel that way when I watch soccer. And, and I just have never really followed soccer. I don't understand what's going on. The clock does not make sense to me. And then even though I've watched a lot of basketball, my husband coaches basketball and he's played basketball and like I've watched a lot of basketball. I can't see the plays on basketball the way I can on football. So okay. you, know, you can just either see it or you can't, I guess. Yeah. See, and I feel that way about basketball. I can so much more appreciate basketball mm. than football. I don't, it's just it's lost on me, which is kind of funny because I was a cheerleader in high school and middle school. Well, the commercials are getting weirder and weirder, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like, you're not sure what draws you into the Super Bowl anymore. Right. I know. I saw a few commercials and I was like, huh, am I supposed, am I supposed going, to huh? laugh at that or get it? I, I don't know. know. <laughs> Maybe that's what happens when you turn 40. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, you're out of the culture. So right. like, you don't get the joke. That's, that's exactly <laughs> right. Okay. You ready for the game? Yes, a game. Okay. We're going to do a the game of 40 because it is my 40th birthday. Okay. And we're going to do like a 10 by 4. So I'm going to ask you, we're going to kind of like go back and forth. Okay. We're going to think about 10 books. We're going to have four categories, 10 books, 10 leadership gurus, 10 coaching gurus, and 10 ways to make teams better. Oh my goodness. This is, gonna, this is a challenge. Okay. Can I use my cheat sheet over here? I mean, <laughs> yes, because I will also be using, you can, you can, I will think less of you. Oh, okay. But you can do that. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to start with, let me, I'm going to add a banner. Okay. We're going to okay. do 10, 10 books and I'm thinking 10 mm-hmm. of the best books for instructional leaders and it can be about teams or it could just be instructional leadership but it has to be instructional and academic i can't go outside of the like leadership like in the leadership world bubble are you saying that's what i'm saying just clarifying that is what i'm saying okay and we're going to go back and forth okay are you ready and i'll get on my hands and you i have these in my head (laughs) you go first (laughs) all right just because it's on my on my uh Desk. I got pull things down for my shelf. <laughs> okay, you're good. Working genius. Wait. What? That? You, okay. So you are saying any leadership book. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking we had to pull from like specific school oriented or instructional. Oh, no. Okay. no. All right. That is much wider. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well then. Leadership, John Maxwell. Nice. Oh no, that's not good. I'll have to help her with that. Hold on. Okay. You got another one? Yeah. The Multiplier Effect by Liz Wiseman. That's the, okay, the coaching habit. Okay. Wiser 
getting beyond group think to make groups smarter. Oh, I like I, that one. I know. I'm going to have to get that one. Okay, move your bus. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, oh, okay, the, does this fit? You got me this one. You're the girl for the job. Um. Yes. Yes. That one is, yes. I mean, it's a little bit more on the personal side, but good. That's Power of positive team or anything, John Gordon. Mm-hmm. Well, this is important because... You have to unclutter your soul. Overcome yes. what over. What and while you're doing that, you have to de-armor. That's Brene Brown's take down your armor. Absolutely. And maybe not this one, but any one of John Gordon's books, but this is The Coffee Bean. Yes. Positive change. Yes, I like that one. Oh, and then. We're at seven. We're at seven. Okay. I'm going to be quiet. Leadership is another great re um, coaching book. So this one is coaching. Ooh, and I don't have it with me, but I'm going to say, obviously, the book Switch. Yes, I was going to say Switch, too, but I didn't have it with me. Okay, well, that was number nine, and now you're at number 10. Okay. Well, I you, got, you recommended this one, and I think that even though I haven't really dug into it as much, I really like this one, too. Yeah, that's a good one. That was good one okay if you are here if you want to like if you just heard any one of those 10 books and you want us to tell you more about it or drop them in the comments let us know because we just dropped 10 amazing books do you need to go help summer with something no i think she'll be okay 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 feel free to bring her on screen because man i haven't seen her face in a while okay except in pictures no you're good she's she's brother scouter now okay <laughs> Next category is 10 leadership gurus. Oh, okay. Continue. 10 leadership gurus is who is what we're going for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put comments as we go. Okay. You okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hold on. Let me think of some. And I'll give you a moment to think. We're thinking of 10 leadership gurus. If you know of someone and you're here watching live, drop it in the comments to be part of the challenge i'm ready and okay. are okay. you going first sure okay go i don't know where to start andy stanley oh good one okay um john maxwell yeah i was gonna say him um okay then i was just thinking um daniel goldman about Ooh. it he teaches emotional intelligence leadership guru how did goldman yeah goal it's g-o-l-e though g-o-l-e goldman Goldman. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go obvious route, Brene Brown. Okay. I was going to do John Cotter. He's written some about change that I went and asked the library to send me the, put some books on hold, some ones that I want to read. C-O-T-T-E-R. K-O-T-T-E-R. And then um, Michael Fullen. Oh, I added one. I didn't go back and forth. Sorry. Michael Fullen is another who writes a lot of like school oriented leadership books. I'm going to misspell his last name. U-L-L-A-N. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think I have a book of you his right over there. Some of his. It's something about leading something change. Um, okay. Peter DeWitt. Mm. I mean, Michael Bungay Sr. I feel oh. like he's like coaching, but I'm going to put him in that leadership guru category. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I've got one. Um, um, 
why is my name blanking? And I love this guy so much because he wrote the book, Start With Why. Oh, uh, Simon Sinek. Thank you. Okay. And then Michael Hyatt, leadership guru. Yes. Hyatt. Hyatt. H-Y-A-T-T. Okay. That's what I thought. I didn't want to get it confused with like Hyatt Resorts, which I think it's the same spelling. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That was ten. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yes. Okay, here are some of Michael Fullins. Yes. Okay. Then this is thought- like leading change, John Cotter. So those okay. are the that I was trying to find. I was like, where are those? Right there. That's awesome. You want to give a little snippet about what book we're reading in the breakthrough circle? Yes, I actually posted on my stories today because I was so excited to share. We've been reading this. We've been reading Switch, which is about how to, I mean, it's really just about change management, understanding change. And then it talks about the, in the first chapter, the three surprises about change. And I think I can remember them. The first one is what seems like a people problem is actually a situation problem. The second one is what seems like um, lazy is actually exhaustion. And then the third one is what seems like resistance is actually is often an issue with clarity. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. So that has been a deep dive. And so many of our Breakthrough Circle members have been like just devouring these books and like really wanting to talk about them. So we are only a couple chapters into that. And it's, you know, we, we did two sessions, but we're taking a little two week hiatus to read and then we'll come back and meet. So if anybody wanted to grab the book and join us, like yeah. it is not too late to jump in with us on this um, change management conversation. We're talking about how to make, how a make change happen coach understands change. And like, I do really think in my process of becoming a make change happen coach, it's because I read all of these books. Yeah. But literally change was in the title, leading right. change, <laughs> change leader. Like these are the things that like, I remember studying and feeling like, these are the clues, the things that I needed to figure out how to help make change happen. So we're yeah. really focusing on that and it's going to be great. So anyway, anybody wants to let's just let me or Casey yeah. know. We'll get Absolutely. you in. <laughs> and listen, now is such a timely time to dig into that work because that's what you're really focused on in this part of the, the mm-hmm. school year. But I was going to tell you, I... So I'm presenting um, at a region data conference in the next couple of weeks And my session is all about leveraging data to strategically move teams forward. But as I was looking through some of my notes today and kind of planning for that session, I was like, oh, my gosh, every bit of what I'm talking about deals with change. And so I'm really going to try to use those three um, things that what was the phrase? Three three surprising truths. Uh Yeah, that's what I'm going to be using. And I'm really I'm really excited about it because that changes everything. Right. Like it changes completely how you see the people that you're working with and how you see how change is being made in your school, how it's happening. Yes. It w- this it will transform you once you start perceiving things around what what really is change and not actually like somebody doesn't like you. You know, like the resistance yeah. that you're getting is not about you. It's really about change. Yeah. I mean, there's always things we can do to help improve the way we're coming into conversations and be more coach-like. But at the end of the day, if you don't know what you're fighting, then you're fighting an invisible enemy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said about uh, making change happen as a coach. And I know that we really like in, 
in our Breakthrough Circle group, we talk all about coaching, but, and because we're instructional coaches, but yep. we have the belief, and I, I believe I can say this for you, the belief that any instructional leadership role is a coaching role. Even when you are a teacher leader, you are taking on role of coach in some capacity. So group um, leading collaborative teams, which is the Facebook group that I have. So if you're watching on uh, my Facebook page or you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, you can go to the leading collaborative teams group on Facebook. We'll allow you to join. Um, and we talk all about teams. And so this is a group of people who are not just instructional coaches, but administrators, assistant principals, curriculum leaders, because they all work with teams. Yeah. But there is a massive coaching role that takes place in that when you're working with teams. So let's think about 10 coaching gurus. Yes, I believe it's about stance. You know, you can come into a coaching stance from anywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, gurus. I got this one off the top of my head, I think. So yes. let's see if we can get to 10. Okay. Ooh, lovely. Thank you. I'm with it. All right. Am I going first? Jim Knight. Got it. I, I need <laughs> it. First one. Got the first one. Okay. We can do repeats, and I'm going to say Michael Bungay Sr. He, he's been in almost all of our categories so far. He, he like gets every checkbox. She can stay. She wants to. Okay. Um, Elena Aguilar. Okay. Elena. Yeah, her name, her last name is spelled weird. A-G-U-I-L-A-R. I always have to look. Okay. <clears throat> oh, oh, shoot. You said that one. Okay. Um, I've got one. Her name is, oh, Allison Peterson. What? No. I'm not on this list. Yes, absolutely you are. <laughs> no. No, I was going to say Nicole Turner. Okay. This is Beltran. Yeah. <laughs> I'm this list. Uh, Chrissy Beltran. Okay, you're getting too many ahead of me. Sorry. Oops, no. I misspelled yes. her last name. She'll forgive yes. me. I do have some others, though, that are maybe, um, okay, go. who else? Uh, did you say Gretchen Bridgers? No, I did not. Oh. I said Chrissy and Nicole. Okay, I got those people. Um, I think um, I don't know if you've read this one, but this is Kathy Parrott. She writes a lot about okay. coaching and is a guru in my mind. Um, compassionate coaching is this one. How and Penny McKee is the other one on that one. Uh, Diane Sweeney. Oh, yes, Diane Sweeney. Of course. Of course, of course. Where are my Diane Sweeney books? We've got... What is that? Oh, uh, Joellen Killian is like the queen. I, I consider her the queen, and I consider Jim Knight the king. And there is a great interview of the two of them where Jim Knight interviews her, and they're sitting next to each other, and I swear, just put crowns on their heads. <laughs> 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 the king and queen. And they have the most wonderful conversation because they're... Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot, a lot of people have come into this work, but Joellen Killian is kind of like the first one who moved into it. And then Jim Knight followed right after her. And like, I don't know, they built the Um, And how do you spell her last name? K-I-L-L-I-O-N. I-O-N. Okay. Yeah. And that was our 10th. That was it? That was our 10th. That's it. Yeah. All right. I think we did well. I think we did. Okay. It's our last category, okay. fourth category. Okay. So we've got three times 10 now. We were at 30. Now we're at 40. Um, 10 ways you think we can make teams better. 
All right, knowing Enneagram numbers. Agreed. And then that begs the question that you get to say next. Knowing your working genius. Yes. <laughs> um, I think both of those are so vital. Um, but something like norm setting or mm -hmm. sure that there is those common norms in a team. Yep. Um, kind of going back to like knowing your Enneagram numbers and knowing your working genius. That is definitely one of the things that um, I know for sure I'm going to bring up when we do our live in a couple of weeks. Well, not even a couple of weeks. It's just like about a week. Yeah. Interviews. That's going to yes. be one of the things that I bring up for sure is that self and social awareness. Yes. I mean, I think that self and social awareness is the thing that's going to change the team. Yeah, ultimately, but the other structures you can put in place are going to just help it be successful from there. Right. Okay. You said um, setting norms. I'm going to say, um, I feel like setting norms has, it covers so many things. Yes. I'm going to say um, setting the stage. And when I think about that, I think like what truly, how are your people organized in the room? Or how are they situated? Hmm. Because oh, so like, often, are sitting, literally, how are they sitting? Where are they sitting? And yeah. That totally matters. Yeah. I uh, went to a meeting recently and it was most of the grade level teachers together. And then there were just a couple of outliers who were far off. Everyone else was facing each other. And it just says something to them about their contributions. And it says something to the people that are there about their contributions. Absolutely. That kind of makes me think too, like, I don't know if this, if this fits, but basically like doing a good job of communicating the vision for the meeting, the plan for the meeting and the why for the meeting ahead of time, maybe it, whether it's email or agenda or <clears throat> um, something where they just know why they're going to be there. Like, it depends on if it's an ongoing meeting where they're there every time. Maybe it's more of a norm. But if you're inviting someone to the table, they need to know why they're there and that they are valued in being there. And sometimes that even takes, I really value one-on-one -on -one meetings before a collaborative meeting because that helps them to know or it helps me to have had a prior conversation to let them in on where I want them to speak in on this, where I think they're going to be really yeah. important in this conversation. So setting up the meeting before the meeting, the yeah. meeting before the meeting is, I think I actually call it that when we talked about our leading from the middle, leading from the middle, the meeting before the meeting. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's so true. Um, you said something that sparked an idea in me, prepare, set the purpose. So one of the things that I, I have um, four ways to help teams be collaborative is just like a four part process where you set the stage, you set norms or you you set the why and then you step back. And I think that's something to keep in mind, like it's important to step away, even though you're still going to facilitate. People need to have ownership. So I'm just going to include allow ownership and uh, voice. Yes. And I, you, what you just said too, if you can take a minute at the beginning of the meeting and let them get what's on their mind, mm -hmm. maybe writing it down, just clear their heads so that they can get off their plate or mind the phone call that they need to make right now or the worry that they have at home um, to clear their head actions. 
it's going to make your team meeting better. Yeah. And you have to make space for that. Like you said, you have to step back. Like in that idea, I feel like it's also like, let's make space for what's actually on your mind right now versus what we're supposed to be talking about. I, in one of the principal groups today, someone posted something exactly like that saying, man, people come into these team meetings and they are, they focus on so many negative things from beginning to end that they have a hard time getting to the meat of the content um, and it's hard to reel them back in. And so, so a lot of people were saying, give five minutes at the beginning, just to state like, here, here's what's on my heart. Here's what's on my mind. Now I can shift into what our focus is for today. Yeah. Um, but it's I know that connection too that the team can get in that moment if they share it. Yeah. Just to hear what's on each other's minds and we're, we're getting that personal touch point. Too. So I'm just going to say, allow for personal touch points. Yes. And like relationship building pieces for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to look and see how many things we have listed for ways to make teams better. Knowing Enneagram number, knowing working genius, setting norms, setting the stage and thinking about placement of people, preparing ahead and setting the purpose. Um, knowing what the, having the, the meeting before the meeting, is there an agenda allowing for ownership and voice, allowing for time to clear distraction distractions. So what could be, Oh, allowing for personal touch points and relationship building. So we need one more. Well, one more way to make teams better. What comes to mind for you? I mean, I, I think what comes to mind for me is uh, making it relevant. Mm, I, I This is my sticking point and it often gets me in trouble because sometimes I can't get past that this meeting doesn't feel relevant. And so we yeah. shouldn't. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. and I, I really don't like to. I get stuck by making sure everyone in the room will know that it's relevant for them. And sometimes, you know, you got to put everybody in a room. Uh -huh. So, you know, you've got to make sure it's as relevant as it possibly can be for the group. Yeah. But it's hard sometimes to get. It is. it is so hard. And it's so interesting when I've been listening to the working genius podcast, one of the thing they, things they talk about is because everyone has these different working geniuses. When you come together, you are appealing to certain working geniuses, depending on the kind of meeting that you're having. Yeah. So if we're going into a meeting where I know we're going to be brainstorming ideas for this, this new initiative, or we're going to be strategically planning for future things, I'm going to be all about that meeting. But if we come in and we're having to talk about this handbook and what all needs to go in the handbook and who's going to type it all out, I have checked out completely. Yes. Checked out. Yes. And so it's hard because you, you know, not everybody's working genius is going to lend itself to this, right. the type of meeting that it is, you know? Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. Can you believe we did 40 things, 40 things for my 40th birthday. Wow. wow. We did it. And it was pretty easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We got through it. Okay. So I had a question for you for our last five minutes. Uh-huh. You know, like, 40 is not, I don't know like what the midway point people say is, but you know, I mean, if you live to 80 years old, you, you lived pretty good long life, right? So like if 40 is the midway point and they say you have like a midlife crisis, what if it's instead a midlife clarity, like clarifying, like I kind of get this moment where I'm like, 
I feel like I finally figured it out at 40. Do you feel yeah. like I am not, not yet 40, but I will be very soon. Will be. So you know, like, did we finally figure it out at 40? Or do you feel like it's like crisis mode of like, I've got to figure out my life. I'm 40. I think I go back and forth. Yeah. Those two. Yes. And, but I also, because I have told someone this year, I think about retirement and I start thinking, oh my gosh, I'm 40. <laughs> I've got all of these things that I want to do and I'm not even like, I'm not even close to doing those things. Right. So I kind of feel like I'm running out of time. Yeah. But at the same time, I look at like my family and that's all career. But then I look at my family life and I'm like, oh, but this is what it's all about. And, you know, like we've got a home that we love and we've got our kids and our family comes to visit. We've got great friends that we live life with. So on that side of it, I'm feeling pretty, pretty stable. Like yeah. I got to figure it out, you know? Yeah. I made it to 40. <laughs> I just wonder if like, if it's that turning point of crisis or in my mind too, I was like, I really think that it's more of a clarity thing. Like, I yeah. think I figured out what at least I know I want to do. I'm not right. sure how I'm going to do it. I'm not right. sure how it's all going to happen. Yes. I don't have that kind of clarity, but I think I finally have figured out the direction. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny to listen because one of my very favorite things to do, as you know, is to talk with people about their future yeah. and to talk about interviews and to talk about just all of the possibilities, which yeah. is a part of my working genius. You know, I love to wonder and invent, but I think I'm able to do it fairly well because of that, of getting through all of that and going through all of those experiences. I mean, I'm 40 now, so I've had all of those experiences yeah. and it's so fun to be able to talk to people because I have that clarity behind it. Yeah. Um, so I think you're totally right on that. But yeah. now I'm just like, I, now I'm just like, okay, now that I know I got to like get yeah. after it. Now that I know I got to go, right? Yeah. Like now that I, I'm not wondering anymore, you know? Right. Um, but I mean, there is that pressure, but it's not, it's something we put on ourselves. You know, oh, it's absolutely. not, it's, it's if we hadn't had those experiences and spent the time that we did, then we wouldn't be prepared to do the next work, which you yeah. and I talk about all the time. All the time. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And I think too, okay. When I'm 80, am I going to be looking back at my life thinking, oh gosh, I didn't, I didn't accomplish this big no. career <laughs> dream. I'm not going to be thinking about that, but it's hard to consider in the time, in the moment. Yes. Well, happy 40th, dear friend. Oh, I'm so glad we got to come up with 40 things to celebrate. If I, I, wish had I, had, I would put it on for you. Oh, no. I was just about to say, I wish I had a hat for you. Okay. If you have joined us live us if you're catching the replay drop a hashtag replay uh, so that i can respond to you and if you found something in our 40 things that you think was useful let us know and if you're interested in joining our book study all about making change happen as an instructional coach or instructional leader let us know we would love to tell you more about that okay yeah yes. allison you're gonna go ahead watch the um yeah, there's some crazy kids down there watching a super bowl game so all right <laughs> bye. Well, enjoy it and i will talk to you later bye friend bye guys i want to give a big thank you to you guys for tuning in and i would love for you to do me two solid favors number one if you've enjoyed this or any other shows please hit subscribe i've got a lot of great guests and content coming up and i don't want you to miss any of it 
two, if you know of someone who may be interested in building cohesive, vision-driven teams that collaborate well, share this show with them. And until next time, I want you to go off and have the great collaborative conversations that help you and the people you work with to completely unleash your impact. See you later.